Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. With Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the website are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Dot com. On the way here, a man has leased the same phone for 50-plus years, or at least leased a phone for 50 years. We'll tell you why that's a bad idea, in case you didn't already know. Uh, also, the DEA is at it again out in California. We'll give you the latest on that situation. But I wanted to go somewhere a little bit personal to start the, uh, the show out with. It's not necessarily uh, about me, but... Julia and I know somebody here in uh, New Hampshire, a, a young lady friend of hers. That has uh, broken up with her boyfriend almost two years ago now. Okay. And she moved on pretty quick and went ahead and uh, got together with another guy, right? Yeah. And Best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody. Go ahead. Well, she, <laughs> the, the girl in question here, um, she still liked her old boyfriend. Uh-huh. So it wasn't a an awful breakup. And, you know, a lot of breakups can go real bad real right. fast. This one wasn't as bad as it could have been and and she wanted to preserve what sort of friendship they had left. And so, you know, she kept talking to the guy and he took it pretty bad up front and was pretty upset about the whole thing and wasn't really able to come to grips very effectively with the fact that she was moving on, right? Mhm. And so that you'd expect, you know, for a little while. You'd expect that if you it's get like broken a, up adjusting with... adjusting period. Right. If you get yeah. broken up with, because she left him, mm-hmm. if you get broken up, it's going to be kind of tough. But this You guy, try to handle it right. Sometimes you can't. At right. least you try to respect each other if you're breaking up. This guy took it... Um, he was a little weird about it. You know, he wanted to uh, let her know that he was going to get back together with her. Like, that was his goal, right? Okay. I want you back, baby. That sort of thing. Right. And she didn't want anything to do with it. So... She told him she didn't want to hear about that. She wasn't interested. She just wanted to, you know, be friends. And that she was very happy with, with her new man, right? And so this went on, off and on. He got better for a, a period of time. And then almost two years later, it's it's still going on. Like, the guy will call this this girl. And he will basically tell her that he wants her back, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. You know, after chit-chatting for a little bit. He, he'll work around to it, right? Mm. And so today she was talking with her. She she works with her. And she was talking with her, and she told her about it again. She said, well, you know, it happened again last night. You know, I, I, he called me up. We talked, and, and it bugs her because she still wants to be friends with the guy. She had a, a good relationship for several years. She still wants to be friends with him, but he just won't give it up. So if she broke up with him in a respectable way and laid it all out and tried to be fair to him and allowed him to have his say early on, I think the only thing that she can do is she's got to pull back and just say, look, we can't be in touch for a long time. I think as long as you've offered that 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 gesture of trying to be fair, you're just going to run into problems otherwise. I have to agree. Um, I think that it's a... Uh a sign of disrespect, maybe not intentionally, but it's a. Uh, I think it is. It is intentional because, or in, intentional because. No, no. Um, I think that it's a sign of disrespect to her current relationship. Yeah, good point. I mean, well, it's a disrespect. A sign of disrespect to her, whether or not it's a, a disrespecting her current relationship. Right. Well, it's most importantly a disrespect to her in that she specifically told him, "Knock it off." You know, you don't have a chance. The more you keep doing this, the the less you'll ever right. get. She's get that been chance. clear with him. And he's been clear with her. 
Okay? Yeah. She's been clear, look, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. I want to be friends. He's been clear, look, I don't want to be friends with you. I want to be in a relationship with mm-hmm. you. These are incompatible goals. Right. Um, and I told her. If, and- if her goal is to remain in the relationship with this guy, whomever he is that uh, she's uh, dating, then she needs to pull back from the relationship that she's, uh, you know, this sort of friendship relationship she's having with the ex-boyfriend. It's not working, and uh, she's only causing problems. I think, I don't know uh, how many guys do this, but I think many women uh, make this mistake of, well, can't we just be friends? And and most of the guys, if they're going to break up with a girl, you know, they'll try to be nice in some way and say, okay, you know, we can't see each other. Uh, maybe down the line we, we'll see each other. We'll be cordial to each other. But mm-hmm. we know that systematically it's not going to work out if you try to be friends, buddy, buddy. Guys generally aren't going to be friends with girls un- unless they work with them and they're not physically interested in them. Otherwise, right. it's, just, it's like when Harry met Sally. You know, uh, The Billy Crystal character was always pining for her, always interested in her. She wanted to be friends. She wanted to be friends. And, you know, it just comes around. As long as you treat somebody fairly in a breakup, I think if they keep coming around later, uh, you know, to a certain extent, some people who break up, they don't do it right. So the other person deserves some sort of, of, of respect and comedy and things like that. But if you do it right, then you just got to say, look, I can't do this anymore. And I think Mark's got a great point about that. I think the, that Harry and Sally were correct in Harry Met Sally that um, largely – Largely, men want to be um, having, you know, in a relationship or having sex with a woman. But there are some instances of true friendship um, between men and women. There's certainly no way of saying otherwise. It's true. Julia had told the girl, look, if if you're hanging out with a guy, there's a good chance that guy wants to get in bed with you. Yeah, Yeah. it's a very good chance. Very, very good chance. In in the case of this guy, who is um, more of like a relationship by phone, that's how he's trying to keep it together Mm because they're not actually physically in the same place. But I said, well, it seems like the more she answers her phone and the more she gives this guy what he wants, and that is to talk. He just wants to talk to her Well, he wants to be back in a relationship, so he'll take talking. Exactly. It's something he can hold on to and and cling on to, and I think that's that's unhealthy for him. I think that what what he needs is, like you're saying, Gardner, to to be separated for a while. Maybe just try it for a year, you know, and then maybe test the waters of friendship again to see if he's moved on, find himself a new girlfriend, that sort of thing. And, you know, it's interesting uh, to me because uh, I was sort of on a a weird flip side to this a, a while ago. And uh, it, it sort of leaves you in limbo where, and this is just a suggestion to anybody who's going to be ending something. Um, you know, it, it's it's a, a you guys sort of know the circumstances. I'm not going to go through it a lot, but um, uh, I had a woman ask me as we were dating, basically asked me, "Oh, could we be more friendly?" And then uh, for a couple months, we were basically on the phone like every night and so on and so forth. Uh, we were supposed to be uh, seeing each other for this big family gathering. I thought, well, and we had essentially said, well, for the time being, we'll try to be friendly and let's see what happens. We mm-hmm. were both in weird financial circumstances, but we were staying in touch. And it was very much on her side. And I really started to like this girl a lot. Uh, and, but one of the tricky things that happens is suddenly when you decide, okay, I don't want this to happen anymore, to go on anymore – if you are in that friendship mode, you've got to handle that right. And if you just suddenly change things, the other person needs some sort of resolution to everything, right. some sort of ending. And if you don't give it, which is what I did not receive. So on the other end of it, if you don't give somebody a real clear conversation and respect for right. what they've shown you in a relationship, 
then it just lingers and it festers. And instead of getting any sort of ending, you get resentment. I agree with that. I think there are a lot of people that handle their relationships that way. They don't really have that, that clear conversation. But in this case, the conversation was pretty clear. And mm. the guy c- continued to come around looking for that relationship again. Yeah. And so her the, the friend's question in this case, the girl's question ended up being, well, what do I do now? Because he called recently, right? It, he mm. called and left a message recently after they'd already had a, yet another discussion about how, you know, this isn't what I want, I'm not interested in a relationship, blah, blah, blah. He called again, you know, wants to talk, he doesn't accept that as an answer. You know, he doesn't accept that she doesn't want a relationship as an answer. Right, well, she needs to be clear and then um, stick to her guns. Well, the question was, should she ignore his calls from now on? So she was clear? Or, or should, from what I understand, obviously I'm hearing about this third party, but... She was. She's been clear with the guy, okay. and he continues to disrespect her position. I'd not be around when he called. Right. So the question was specifically asked of me, and that's why I brought it here to you guys, because I wasn't sure. Should she ignore the calls, or should she take one more call and lay it all out and say, this is it, you're done, we're not talking for X amount yeah. of time? In Which way is better to handle that? In my opinion, if she if she does not take his calls, um, he's going to continue calling, and then he's going to wait and he's he's going to wait and you know he'll start playing little strategies in his head of well how can i get in touch with her this way how can i get in touch with her that way what what maybe if i wait this long then uh, he might I call think her at work or something yeah, like that. Is lay that what it you're out saying? And, and write it too. Write it. I'm not sure that I uh, I, I go that far. I, I mean, sort of thought been clear. You... Um, I think that uh, she can pretty much miss his calls. He's still going to have He'll the strategies. He'll yeah, go he's, away. He's still going to strategize after um, she has she's clear with him. Mm-hmm. So, well, what I want to hear what you think, listeners. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. How should the girl with the clingy ex boyfriend handle this situation? Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line for you. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, and those features include the wiki. Like the listener editable version of our website, over 1,375 pages created by listeners just like you. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about, wiki.freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys legalzoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like setting up a corporation or limited liability company legalzoom.com use code ftl to save 10 percent. that's legalzoom.com now then uh started the story out with a bit of a personal situation julia my girlfriend was telling me about this earlier today she has a friend who was in a relationship with uh, a young man for three or four years uh, she ended that uh, that relationship almost two years ago at this point. Wow. It, it, he took it pretty hard at the time, and he sort of spiraled down into this sort of pathetic state of, you know, I want you back and that sort of thing. And she... Girl How's his life going? I don't know. You don't uh, know? You don't know I, if he's got a, holding a job? He's got all. a job, but he's not dating anybody, so he's... He's putting, from what I was told, he's actually, he had a girl that he was sort of interested in, but he put her to the side because he didn't want um, the girl in question, his ex-girlfriend, to come back to him, and that way he'd have to dump the other girl um, in order to go back with his ex-girlfriend. Mm. So he's really obsessed. He's yeah. really clingy. He really wants to get his ex-girlfriend back, 
but it's been almost two years now, and she's not interested in coming back. She's made it very clear to him that she's not interested in coming back. She wanted to preserve the friendship because she used to get you know used to get along with the guy, and he's right. making it very very difficult right. to get along with him today. And she had told him that you know again made it very clear that she's not interested in this. She likes her current relationship. She's not going back. You know, he ruined the relationship before. She broke up with him, so she's not going back. But then on their most recent conversation, uh, she she made that clear to him again. She, he then left her a message saying he doesn't accept that. No good. Not that, going for it. Uh, that he is going to be back together with her. Hmm. Now, I, as I understand, it wasn't said in like a scary way. I don't think this guy is scary or dangerous or anything. No. It's just that he's obsessed. And he thinks in the grand scheme of things that... Regardless of her opinion right now, it will be this way just because fate will bring them together again. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the attitude. Like, you know, well, if I stay positive about it, then I'll get you back. That sort of it's thing. It's the secret romance version. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you saw The Graduate where Dustin Hoffman's banging on the glass going, Elaine, Elaine, right at the wedding. I mean, she's up there on um, you know the, the stage or whatever, yeah, um, right yeah. in front of the church, um, doing her vows, and he bangs on the glass, and Elaine yeah. changes her mind right there at the wedding and uh, decides to go with Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, this is in Hollywood. That, is not real life. Right. I, I told it, you know, I said, I, well, I appreciate the guy's, I appreciate the stubbornness. I, I understand what he's trying to do, but I don't appreciate the fact that he's completely disrespecting this lady. You know, he's she's gonna, made it clear what she wants. Yeah, it's a very difficult situation to, to sort of analyze from afar because everybody has their own personal experiences with this sort of thing. But it, it seems to me that if, and, and, and I, you know, I could easily be convinced by Mark to, to go the other direction on this, but it seems to me that if you are still getting contacted by this guy, then you gotta, you got to figure out a way to say, look, you know, you might think that fate is going to bring us together, but right now it doesn't look like it, and in order for you to function properly and for me to be able to function properly, uh, we cannot exist as friends if it's going to tempt you into thinking that this is going to happen. And if you do think this is going to happen, by your behavior now, you're making it less and less likely that right. it's going you're, to happen. You're irking me. Like, this is annoying. So so now, Gardner, are you saying that she should approach that issue again with him and lay it all out? Because it, I think that if she does that, then he's just going to say, okay, okay, I promise. I swear I won't say anything about it ever again. Let's just be friends. Just to keep... Getting well, her on you, the phone. You have to. You, from that you have point to on. think. You have to uh, anticipate what his thoughts are going to be, and you have to say, "No, we're not going to proceed this way. We're just not going to be in touch for quite a while." What do you think that that quite a while should be? How long should it be? I don't know. Yeah, I have. No I idea. said a year, and that was just a number I threw out. I like his year. She said a year's a long time. I said no. It's not really. The year that is long. not a long time. I think. Look, I do you think, intend to go out with this guy? Yeah. He is not your friend. It's been two years now, almost two years now. This guy does not clinging. intend to be your friend. Yeah, I, I think a year might be too short. A year could be okay. Yeah. Um. And and one of the things is, if you're going to put a time frame on it, you've got to make sure that you you spell out all those stipulations very clearly. Because if you don't spell out the stipulations and you say, look, this is what I want, this is what I want. If you don't put those things in there, then he is going to get that resentment again. Mm. And and you've got to say, look, you know, I dealt with you fairly. And and if you don't think so, you know, I gave you many, many opportunities. It, that's one of the most important things in ending a relationship is the idea on both sides, at least up, up to a certain degree, that you were dealt with fairly, you know. 
800-259-9231. What do you think? How should this girl handle this situation with the clingy ex-boyfriend? Should she ignore his calls? He's already left her one phone, one or two phone messages. Uh, or should she call him back and lay it all out and say, this is it, we're not talking for an extended period of time? Let's go to the phones. Or something else, you know, third option. Uh, let's talk to Neil in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Neil, hello. Hey, gentlemen, how's it going? Great. What's on your mind, Neil? Yeah, um, I, I just think that she should just, like, you know, stop associating with him because it seems like this is going to be an endless thing. He's got a, uh, he's got, he's got some issues that he needs to deal with, uh, probably especially with regard to confidence. Mm. Um, I don't know how they split up in the first place, but uh, well, he's very confident that he's going to get back together with her. Well, I think he's not confident in and of himself, which is why he's so clingy. I mean, if he, uh, if she just needs to just drop this all together should she ignore the call never going to happen i mean she can i i agree with you guys on on laying out an ultimatum but i mean i mean if i was if i was her i'd take his last call and say hit the road jack because i mean it's you're saying permanently you're saying no chance no review in a year we'll see how you're doing you're saying it's over don't ever talk to you again Exactly. I mean, there are just, there's still going to be no solution to this, and this guy will not be able to move forward in his life. I mean, he 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 uh, he he put a, another girl on hold. Yes. I mean, is that that? I think that's kind of insane. I mean, there's another girl yeah. who's who's seriously like considering dating this man, and you know, likes him for some unknown reason. Um, right. You know, and he's, he's well. He's obviously very charming. Going forward. He's obviously that, very charming because she mm-hmm. still, you know, she still holds on to some sort of softness for him. Right. And oh. that's why I think having a conversation may be difficult because he may sort of turn on whatever it is, cutesy mode, or I don't know what it is that he does on the phone to right. get get you know to sort of win her back, uh, win her favors back to some extent, yes. and uh, and make it so he can call her again. Yeah, well, I mean, those are just the tricks that he plays. It's the kind of the mask that he wears, you know, to hide his true self, uh, which I, I, I would think that uh, it, he doesn't seem very confident in and of himself in that regard. Um, I mean, I, I don't know the, the details of the relationship, so I couldn't go very much farther into that. But, I mean, I think that for the betterment of both of them, I mean, it would just be best for them to just say, you know what, forget it, let's, you know, not, not associate with each other anymore. I, to- I appreciate the call, Neil, and thank you for the suggestion. Thanks. If you want to chime in, 800-259-9231. I actually may be leaning towards Neil. I mean, as harsh as, harsh as it sounds... Maybe that's what this guy really needs. Does he really need to pine for an entire? Because that's what he's been doing—just pining over the girl for two years. Yeah. Maybe just putting, telling him it'll it'll be a year before they can talk again will make him put it off and continue to pine secretly for an entire year in hopes that there'll be that chance, that chance off in the future. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. is the place to go. The features are for free. We've got updates. Get signed up for the updates, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. 
They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Indeed, SACL. 1-800-259-9231. You can, again, bring up whatever you want from the Drug War Chronicle. At StopTheDrugWar.org, they are at it again in California, they being the DEA. It's what appears to be the latest move in an ever-escalating campaign of attacks against California medical marijuana dispensaries. The DEA raided 10 Los Angeles-area dispensaries on Wednesday, seizing marijuana, marijuana products, cash, and two guns. Now then, the last time we reported on this, there was a little aspect to the story that we noted, and I thought was pretty revealing. And that was that there were no arrests. No one in the dispensaries was arrested, nor were they even charged with anything. And you'll note that happens here as well. They Mm. raided ten dispensaries. They seized marijuana. They seized cash. They seized guns. No charges. No arrests. Now, they did make some arrests. We'll explain who they arrested, but it wasn't anyone in connection with the clinics. It wasn't anyone in connection with the dispensaries. Hmm. Why are they doing that? Hmm? That's fascinating. I, it, they're I, getting money, but they're not bringing up any hassles for themselves in the courts. Uh-huh. There's no, there's no paperwork. There's no. They must be being told not to do it. Um, you know, something to do with states' rights. Uh, the federal government doesn't want to go in and, um, you know, have a judge decide whether or not, based on, you know, the Constitution of the United States of America that says the power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited to it by the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. They don't want them to rule on the Tenth Amendment. Yeah, but that's, you know, but that's been, um, I, I see where you're coming from on that. That's sort of been hashed out, and the courts, the government, federal government has basically said, yes, we can override your Tenth Amendment rights. Um, we don't care about that sort of set silly document anymore. We'll do whatever we want. So we already know the DEA has the ability to go in and, and arrest people, but they aren't. I think the reason why is because they are nothing more than a band of thugs. Uh, they are a gang. They like to steal things, in this case drugs and cash, and they want to be able to do it again. See, there are hundreds of dispensaries in California, and they know that these people that are running the dispensaries, many of them are doing it just from the goodness of their own heart. They, they know, getting into the business, that they may come up against the DEA. And, I mean, knowing that in advance, knowing that in advance that you may get your business violently closed down mm. by government goons isn't exactly something that really makes most people want to get into business. So you really have to have uh, some level of courage, I think, to sell marijuana openly in California. And... So you don't you don't want to put away those people who would be returning back to that business that you can then right parasitically again. siphon again. Exactly. So That's you know if you you know if you ex- exterminate their their current collection of marijuana, you take you confiscate it all, you confiscate their cash. Inevitably, they've got some elsewhere. They've got some cash in a bank account or something like that that they didn't necessarily confiscate. They've got a you know marijuana grower out there that's going to come through with another batch eventually, and they'll be able to waltz right in and rob them at gunpoint again. That's what's going on here. You've got an armed gang going around robbing marijuana dispensaries, and the California police throw up their hands as though there's nothing they can do about it. And there's, there is nothing that anyone can do about it, really. Sure there is. The, the L.A. police 
Well, or the California police could go down there and threaten to shoot them. the damn DEA agents if they continue with this behavior. If I was the governor, gonna... if I were the governor of California, I would say, "All right, I'm taking all my National Guard troops, keeping them here. They're not under the command of the president. There has been no war declared. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they're under my command. I'm keeping them here, and all the federal officers who are here for what we believe are unconstitutional laws." If you try to enact any type of prosecution of them, or if you try to arrest, you're going to be stopped by our guys. I think that's a great idea. That would take courage, though, which politicians don't really have very much of. And they have even less of when they're getting money from the federal government for various different things, from roads to policing Mm -hmm. to you name it. Uh, There's all kinds of federal taxpayer dollars coming in to any given state and and any given locality with lots of strings. There are... uh, Plenty of people in the LAPD that aspire to be um, FBI, Federal. DEA, yeah. whatever agents, um, you know, uh, BATF agents, mm-hmm. whatever they they aspire to move on to the the big the big time. And there are plenty of uh, California legislators that intend to move up to the national level. Don't rock the boat. That's where yeah. the power is. Yeah. Well, the raids came on the same day. The L.A. City Council introduced an ordinance to regulate dispensaries in the city and approved a resolution calling on federal authorities to quit prosecuting medical marijuana providers operating legally under California law. Well, I guess they're listening. They're not prosecuting them. They're persecuting them. Uh, The raids didn't go unchallenged, either by local officials or by activists, when DEA agents raided the Los Angeles Patients and Caregivers Group on Santa uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. They were met by more than 100 protesters who blocked access to the building and surrounded DEA vehicles to prevent raiders taking people away at the dispensary. Five people were arrested in that incident. You know, it, it would be fascinating to see the conflict, although we've already really seen it in the Supreme Court, between the California law that was passed that allowed this to happen and the federal prosecutors if they were to prosecute these people they wouldn't be prosecuted on state drug laws they would mm-hmm. be prosecuted on federal drug laws uh, those federal drug laws stand in contravention to the California law that was passed a number of years ago that allowed for medical marijuana uh, they have already ruled in the Supreme Court in one case and I can try to find the citing later uh, that certain ways of dispensing that medical marijuana would be um, they would allow federal prosecutors to stop them because the federal drug laws would stand over the state laws, which mm-hmm. is completely contrary to the very thing that, that Mark just brought up in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments sure. in the U.S. Constitution. But we have Supreme Court members who are for law and order, not for real law under the Constitution. Not for, not for the Constitution as the supreme law of the land, but just as a guiding document yeah, yeah. to so be interpreted. It's, it's possible, Ian, that they're not doing this also because they don't want to challenge to their prosecutions. Good point. The DEA spokes bureaucrat in Washington told the Drug War Chronicle that five arrests were made, but it appears those were the people who were engaged in civil disobedience. So good for them. Does that mean that the raid was then stopped? Did they did the hundred protesters, only five of whom got arrested, manage to stop this raid? I, that I, from I'm happening? not sure. Maybe that it'll clear up here in a little bit, but that doesn't necessarily. It, it says in the very beginning paragraph is they raided 10 dispensaries and they seized marijuana and cash so whether they stopped this one i don't know uh, but they did arrest these people that were getting in the way at least the individual californians have the courage to stand up against the dea even when their government doesn't uh, chris herms communications director for americans for safe access said some people were arrested for civil disobedience after barricading the facility itself because federal agents were detaining people inside so what happened was they got the, the activists, they have this, I guess, 
activation network down there that if they hear about a raid going down, they all show up. So they don't know until it's too late. So the DEA has the element of surprise, and so by the time the DEA is already in there, they've already confiscated the cash, they've already detained some of the people, then the protesters show up in order to, to try to stop whatever else they can stop. You know what I think we need, Ian? I think we need libertarians to infiltrate, say, the IRS and other agencies and begin working for them, but continually screw up. And just keep Monkey messing up. Yeah, because you know these people very rarely lose their jobs. It's true. So just, you know, mess up. Oh, well, you have um, to wait, though. You have to wait. You have to get past the little tenure phase. Yeah, yeah, that's right, right. But uh, definitely in the IRS, you know, you see somebody who didn't pay properly. Pff, I just didn't do my job. I'm yeah. sorry. It's government. you got to let me stay. That'll be fun. The spokesperson for the Americans for Safe Access said that medical marijuana defense groups, uh, whose rapid response network brings out protesters in response to such a rates, he said, we had at least a couple of hundred people very agitated about what the DEA was doing, and some of them decided to obstruct the agents. The DEA was prevented from being able to process those inside and therefore released them. Though we've again seen that they've just simply not... Uh, not arrested anyone else in the first place, even when these activists weren't on the scene. So, did the activists encourage them to not arrest these people? That's questionable. I don't think they would have arrested them anyway, based on their past behavior. You can chime in. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. If you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go and become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Hundreds of our listeners have done so for as little as 3 bucks a month. And you know what? It makes a big difference for us because the money goes to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. It's not paycheck money. It comes in and it goes right back out into advertising the show, to getting the show on more radio stations around the country, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty. So if that works for you, uh, that's a good idea, you think. Go and learn more at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. The DEA added again out in California last week, rating 10 Los Angeles area medical marijuana dispensaries, seizing oodles of marijuana and lots of cash. And they got a few guns as well as other marijuana-related products. Products, and they didn't arrest anybody, as they typically don't. In fact, city officials, who that same day had introduced an ordinance, this is from StopTheDrugWar.org, calling for a moratorium on new dispensaries in the city while it drafts regulations governing their operations, but also called on the DEA to quit prosecuting medical marijuana providers, also reacted angrily. City Council bureaucrat Dennis Zine, who authored the letter, called the agency bullies at, pre, at a pre-scheduled news conference that took place as the raids were ongoing. Um, and in this case, it's very rare I agree with a politician, but that's an accurate assessment. These people are indeed bullies, though you aren't very much better, city council member. And isn't this a way that uh, perfectly, I think, uh, it typifies uh, what uh, F.A. Hayek used to discuss, the local areas of control, knowing a little bit better what the problems are locally than the people who come from afar with far-off dictates and commands who have no concept of what's happening on the ground. And the, the, the heart of the matter is a lot of these people who are going to these places – they're not abusing any sort of drug. They're dying. Yep. And they want to be able to get marijuana for their own 
sake to be able to take chemotherapy and not get nauseous and things like that? It's, it's disgusting. What I know doing. a lot of people don't think that uh, marijuana has any medicinal, medicinal value at all. Those and are I, people who have not done any research. Right. They, they really haven't. Um, but let's, you know, they're out there. Um, they have believed this whole drug war propaganda about marijuana up to this point, and they don't think marijuana has any medicinal value. Fine. Look, don't you think in a free country that somebody should be free to try a placebo that doesn't work if they think it works in order to um, to cure the you know it, it, in their minds cure their uh, addiction or, or handle their um, you know the, their problem not their addiction their uh, their medical mm. problems mm. and, and know, if you and if you don't allow that then you set up a mechanism where people can't take risks with their own body and by taking those risks show somebody else that something can work. I mean, you you reduce the capability. This is evidence that the the capacity of mankind to better his life is reduced because of strictures put on by other people that they won't allow you to take those risks. It's sad and it's pathetic. And I don't I don't understand the people that think that way. Who could possibly think that way? I mean, even if we're talking about sick and dying people here. They should be allowed to take whatever they want to. Hey, you know, and in a related thing, I just have to mention, there's this story out of uh, the telegraph.co.uk, which ties in perfectly with this thing. You talk about how they are telling people that, oh, well, you can't take this. It might not work. Who cares? It's my body. If I make a mistake, too bad. If you, in your brilliantine way, think you're so smart, you're going to make a decision for me. Well, I'm sorry. That breaks down the entire system. I'll make the decision for you then. How about that? Oh, no, sorry. You can't do that. We're in charge. And, of course, we have John Edwards and Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama speaking uh, uh, just recently about their socialized health care plans. And they want to get this instituted all across the country so that not even medical marijuana but other things will be restricted from your ability to be able to take these things on your own. Well, that's an even scarier situation. Then the the government is in 100% control, and the the concept of universal health care is in 100% control over what goes into your body. And it all comes from the same concept. Here's this example. Over in England, there's a story out of the telegraph.co.uk. A woman who is 108 years old has to wait a year and a half half before she can get a hearing aid from the British government. Wow. She is 108. She's nearly blind. She's confined to a wheelchair. She has six grandchildren and 13 great-grandchildren, and she's used an old-fashioned analog hearing aid for the past five years, and she can't hear anything. She needs this hearing aid, and she's got to wait 18 months to get it from, of course, the great auspicious government, which tells everybody what's best for them health-wise. You think that they're waiting around so they don't actually have to fork out for the... Uh, I think that's aid. what they're yeah, doing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 800-259-9231. Uh, there's more to the story. Just I'll, I'll read Bruce Merkin's quote. We've had him on the show from the Marijuana Policy Project. He says, It's an escalation, and it's very frightening. They can't stop medical marijuana's momentum because truth, common sense, and decency are on our side. But in the meantime, they can cause a lot of suffering for a lot of people. And it needs to end. Good on the activists out in California for getting out there and doing civil disobedience in this case. And bad on the pathetic loser politicians out there that refuse to actually make a stand uh, for the for their constituents. Let's continue with the phone calls. Go to Richard in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Richard. Hey, thanks for having me on. Sure. I, uh, I'm a 215 card holder. So what that means is living in California, I live in Humboldt County. So here we had a referendum. The voters decided they wanted medical marijuana, so it was passed. 
became law. 215 cardholder is a law-abiding citizen who goes and registers, pays a, a, a tax for a card like you would a driver's license, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we have here is the Fed. The Feds, they're, they're the occupation because, I mean, the, the, the citizens have spoken what, you know, their government has put it into place. It's shown to be a safe policy. But it's a new offensive, what they're doing, and it's, it's in different tiers. Down south, they're doing the raids, but in San Francisco, they're going after landlords. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a part that's of the big story time. about and that. What does the landlord – I mean, the, you know, so that, that they're putting landlords in jail. And now in Humboldt, uh, in southern Humboldt, <clears throat> a friend of mine told me of a uh, – you know, there's a lot of hills there, a bunch of – you know, <laughs> I guess – Anyway, the occupation flies around in, in uh, choppers. You know, it's called CAMP, uh, Coalition Against Marijuana Planting. Hmm. And uh, legal, here again, legal law-abiding citizens with greenhouses are being, uh, like, these choppers are coming in really low, and they're using the rotor draft to knock down people's greenhouses. Hmm. Jeez. <laughs> and that's, like, kind of what, you know, and then they're like, oh, the green... They're, they're not, you know what I'm saying? And that's how they're, they never arrest anybody. They just take. And right. From the beginning, it was only to go after the economics. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? And I mean, anyone else behaving in this way? It's wrong because it's private property. Plus, the landlord is only following the state law. So who are these people? You know, I mean, this is our. They're state. vandals. Like, we pay these taxes. They're a gang of want. thugs. They're the occupation. Anyone else who behaved in that way would be fought against um, and would rightly, well, rightfully are, be defended our, against. Our state cops, they learned the lesson because they, they ignored when the 215 law passed. The state cops thought they were going to act like the occupation. And they went around and they stole a bunch of stuff. And then they got <laughs> taken to court and had to pay... Millions and millions of dollars. Right, I remember some of those cases. They not only had to pay back, but they also had to to give the people their stuff back too. Right, and then when they couldn't produce it, they had to pay restitution. So, hmm. and that was in the millions and millions of dollars. So that put an end to that really quick. But at the same time, now the federal occupation, they just you know the people have spoken what they want. It's you know, hey, this is going on. It's an agricultural state. You know, we're not bothering anybody. This is what the people want. But and it's shown that you know the places are it's not high crime or anything like that and and but then now the feds but they just go after the money and going after the landlords now is terrible because now uh you know to drive it underground is just it's just ridiculous right well there's still an underground in California and of course. Uh, and it hasn't gone away um no and but it will the price still be has there gone down it used yeah. to be five thousand a pound years ago now you're lucky to get thirty two really since since these dispensaries opened. And that's so for that top of the line. That's thirty-two. That's thirty-two hundred dollars for the good, good, good stuff, right? Yeah, for Humboldt grade, you know. But that's what you get at those dispensaries. But that Amazing. used to go for five grand. But now those prices are down, even like twenty-eight and stuff. Keep up the good fight, Richard, and I appreciate the uh, the expertise. Yeah, good luck and resist the occupation wherever you can. Will do. Thank <laughs> you for the call because it's not. You know, if this continues on, um, the other states that have legalized medical marijuana are going to be ta- targeted. We've yet to hear of anybody being targeted in the other states. I don't know if they have dispensaries in those states yet, though. But just you know, if that's if that's where you want to go, get ready. Get, put your money in a safe, <laughs> and don't take it out, except when you absolutely need to. It really is like a mafia. These cu- thugs are going to come through there and point guns at your head and take your stuff. That's what's going on. In fact, here's the, the sentence about the landlord's federal authorities in Los Angeles sent a letter, also known as a threat, 
to dozens of dispensary landlords warning them they face seizure of their property or even criminal charges if they continued to rent to the dispensaries. That's a federal law that was passed a few years ago called the RAVE Act. We talked about that. They actually slipped it into some other legislation. And it makes it so that if there's any sort of drug activity going on on your property, even as a a landlord, you could um, have your property seized. It's great to live in a free country, isn't it? Hour two's coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. The federal government isn't quite done with its tyranny in regards to the war on drugs. We talked about California uh, medical marijuana dispensaries continuing to be raided and literally stolen from by the DEA. And now we'll go in, in a few moments here, we'll go into a free speech issue in regards to this whole war on drugs. But first, to the phones and to the fun, let's go to Matthew in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Matthew, hello. Hey, Mark, Ian, and Garth. How are you guys doing? Hey, All right. hey it's actually Guard, but uh, what's on your mind? Oh, my apologies. My apologies. No problem. Um, uh, first thing is I want to talk, touch a quick second on the uh, the upside-down flag thing from uh, Saturday, I believe it was. Yeah. In case you can't tell, I'm African-American. And one of the first rules in the African-American community is when a cop knocks on your door, you don't answer it. <laughs> it's a good rule. Yeah, you don't have to answer it. And once you do answer it, it implies consent. So what I'm thinking of is because the story was that the, the cop broke in. Mm-hmm. Once that door is open, he can go in, even if you close it. Is that true? He, yeah, he can go in. Once he open that door, he can, can, they can, uh, you know, he sees, like, if he thinks a crime might be being committed inside the apartment or house, he can go in. Even if the door has been closed on him, he can still go I'm in. I'm not sure that that's true. We've read stories where um, cops have been reprimanded for going into houses even though the door's been open. He hasn't been invited into the house. He's The door's just been opened to him. So um, I, I don't think legally... I, I would agree with you that from a practical standpoint that uh, police None are going to... None of us are lawyers, yeah, the They're going to yeah, do what they well, want to do. <laughs> Almost every black guy is, because we know we got another rules. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, from what I understood was that um, if a cop comes into your home, if you've opened the door, the cop may presume that that's an invitation in. Uh, right. But if he comes in and you order him to leave, you sh- you are still in control of your domicile, and he should leave if ordered to. Of course, will they or will they leave? I don't know. Right. That's another question. Right, and it's like because it, people didn't present ID. You know, and this is America. I mean, but. You know, in Sunnyvale, and that, people got to think about this as a commerce issue. Would you want to spend money in a town that's like that? I mean, mm-hmm. I live close to Sunnyvale, California, and I won't go there because the police force there. Now, that city is losing actually out on my tax revenue because I won't go to that city because of the police force. Mm-hmm. You know, they should think of it maybe as like that. But And touching on the drug, on the drug uh, thing you guys are touching on today, yeah. um, I'm – that's just typical police being police. And one of the reasons, you know, I, I, I'm at work, so I can't really be very loud, but I smoke marijuana every day. Okay. I have no medical need for it. There's Other a lot of people that are like you. Okay. But I won't put my name on any registry because it might, in the future, they might, because, you know, cops might, they're, they're my medical records, but they don't pay attention. They're all supposed to be private. They might go in there somewhere and say, oh, this guy's been on this list. He, he can't get this job because he was on the medical marijuana list. 
Mm. So I, I go through the, you know, the black market. Yeah. You know, and it's just unfortunate that I have to do that because if if everything had a, had a had a warning on it, like alcohol had a warning on it, like all the drug commercials do, may cause liver cancer and and things of that nature. You know, marijuana would be one of the lowest ones. It's true. You know, you see these uh, these commercials on TV and you see all these side effects. You're like, whoa, who would take this? You know, mm. may cause blindness and you know. Whatever I'm like, marijuana doesn't do that. But yeah, I think the worst marijuana has ever done to anyone has made them tired. Yeah, you know I'm hungry at two in the morning, but you know that's my choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, Ian, I gotta thank you guys again for the show, and uh, I'll keep listening. Thanks, Matthew. Good really luck. appreciate the call, and I liked his suggestion. If a cop comes to your house, they and they're just knocking. And they aren't banging, yelling about having a warrant, and yelling about busting the door in, then don't answer it. Or at least you have the right not to answer it. Right, because that's essentially, there's different, as I understand it, there are three different levels of contact when it comes to you and the police. There's contact, there's detention, and there's arrest. So whenever you're dealing with the police, you are, you are going to be in one of those three categories. So in the case of the cop coming up to investigate a situation, in the case we were talking about over the weekend, Gardner, to uh, clue you in, he sort of alluded to the, the story. There was a couple in North Carolina flying a flag upside down on their property with two signs attached to it explaining that this isn't defacing the flag. This is a sign of distress. The country's in distress. We need your help. That's in other words, those people were aware of the way it works with the flag. Right. They knew about it. And they posted the signs so that everyone else would be aware as well as to what their reasoning was. But they pinned the signs to the flag. As which, opposed to putting them on uh, little stakes next to the flag, which mm. might have been... Which the cops then later claimed was defacing the flag after they'd received complaints from National Guardsmen. The cop w- that went to their house uh, asked for identification to write a citation out for these people for this 100-year-old law that's never been enforced, basically, and mm. has been ruled unconstitutional, yet mm. is still on the books and mm. is now being enforced. Mm. And when they refused to give him identification, which the couple says he never asked for ID, by the way. I found that out later on. He just claimed that. Well, the the, the couple's basically claiming everything the cop doesn't, right. or and vice versa. Then the cop, they closed the door on the cop. He then broke through the glass by the door, unlocked the door, came inside and began now, assaulting the couple. Now, he says that they the slammed the door on glass. his hand um, and you know caused his hand to go through the glass right. or cut him. Or, but we all know cops like lie. Then there's no explanation as to how he got in the house as to, um, you know, from his, uh, you know, got his hand slammed to the door from his side of the story. Sounds like... Um, you know, they must have reopened the door. Their side of the story says he busted out the pane of the, uh, the pane of glass and unlocked the door himself. I'm inclined to believe their side. It just, I am too. It, it just yeah. makes some sense yeah. to me. Yeah, absolutely. So at the point that cop came up and knocked on the door, he was looking for information. He wanted to find out who was in the house. He wanted to probably snoop around a little bit and see if he could see a bong sitting out or something like of that. Of course. Uh, he he's on a fishing expedition at that point. He doesn't really have anything. If he had something, he'd already have been writing the citation when they opened the door or whatever. And so basically Matthew in California is saying, well, if a cop's just knocking, why bother? Why bother answering? They're just gonna they're just looking for information to, to arrest you over. Now if they're threatening to break the door in. I don't know. You might want to open the door just to save your door from having to be replaced. Mm. At that point, you're going to talk to them. If, they, if they're threatening to break the door in, they're likely going to break the door in, at which point yeah. you're going to talk you to gotta them. you got to do it. Practically, you got to do it. So I like that suggestion. Here's another story from Drug War Chronicle, StopTheDrugWar.org. A federal grand jury in Philadelphia Tuesday indicted two people. This is a pretty scary one. An accused drug dealer and his girlfriend for passing out flyers naming a confidential informant in his federal drug case as a snitch. 
No law protects informants from having their identities made public, but federal prosecutors pushed and succeeded, in this case for an indictment on witness uh, witness intimidation and conspiracy charges. That's a little bizarre. They never even spoke to the guy. The snitch, you mean? Yeah. Right. The information on the flyers came from the Who's a Rat website, which we've talked about on this show in the past. It's a a very interesting site, whosarat.com. It lists information on more than 4,300 informants and 400 undercover police officers. U.S. Attorney Patrick Meehan called the website the new enemy of law enforcement, and it snitches. Well, you know, I'd like to point out that if law enforcement wasn't out there enforcing awful laws like this insane war on drugs on people who otherwise aren't harming anybody, who aren't harming, harming anyone, then they wouldn't have this sort of backlash against their efforts. Nobody would be putting up a website outing snitches of murderers. That wouldn't be happening. This is whosarat.com is online today because so many regular Americans are getting their lives ruined by the police and by these uh, confidential informants. See, they, people have got to understand, and uh, obviously your audience does uh, on the whole, uh, people have got to understand that these laws for consensual things have got to be stopped. The laws stopping consensual actions where there is no victim. We've got to stop these things, and yet people are portrayed as somehow destroying the fabric of society if they ingest a chemical. Right. Now, now, um, not only are you uh, destroying the fabric of society if you ingest a chemical, but apparently you're also destroying law enforcement if you out one of their people. Um, this is a free speech issue, plain and simple. Absolutely. Yeah. If you come across the information of who a snitch is or who an informant is, uh, now they want you to keep it quiet. And if you don't, then you could be facing conspiracy and intimidation charges. These are federal charges being brought on these people. Absolutely unbelievable. The information, uh, let's see, quote, it's a byproduct of the stop stitching. Co- this is from the U.S. attorney. It's a byproduct of the stop snitching culture that we should find all find this deeply disturbing, he said at a news conference, and it has the potential to compromise countless prosecutions across the country. Well, you know, if that's really the case, then I say they, these people behind the who's a snitch or who's a rat website deserve a round of applause. If this could actually compromise prosecutions, I think that's a good thing. Please, get in the way of these irritating prosecutors and these nosy feds and save some people from the jail cell. What's wrong with that, huh? 800-259. People that never hurt anyone. 1-800-259-9231. Now, this guy was a PCP dealer, allegedly. We'll get into a few more details here. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. The features there are for free. Live streams there. Broadband version of the show and a dial-up version waiting for you for free. Freetalklive.com. And as the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend. By subscribing to the International Speculator, go to D2Z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's D2Z.org. We are talking about a pretty chilling case in regards to the freedom of speech. It's constantly under attack. I mean, we bring cases, bring news articles in here frequently that show that uh, your governments at state, local, and, and federal levels just could care less about the First Amendment, freedom of speech, that silliness. Uh, that's at least how they look at it. They think it's silly and they want to stop it. In fact, in the case, uh, according to the Drug War Chronicle at StopTheDrugWar.org, Joseph Davis, who's currently uh, serving a 17-year sentence for PCP tracking, thanks in part to the informants targeted in the flyers, 
and his girlfriend, 24-year-old Adero Miwo, Davis and the informant were both indicted in the PCP case, and the informant, known as DS, turned state's evidence and testified against Davis. You're dealing with two individuals who made themselves a flyer. Then they distributed the flyers, naming DS as a snitch on windshields, utility poles, and mailboxes in the West Philadelphia neighborhood where he lived. Relying on information posted on whosarat.com, the pair produced flyers accusing him of informing and showing his photo, along with the following comment, quote, this guy is a drunk and a recognized car thief among his peers. He is the one who needs to be taken off the streets, unquote, according to court documents. Now, they're being charged. Now they're being charged with witness intimidation and conspiracy charges. How how is that intimidating the witness? Yeah, I would wonder how that's intimidation, too, if you're just quoting things that have already been in the public record. Right. Um, isn't intimidation sort of trying to scare somebody and harm them in some way, possibly threatening harm to them? Isn't that basically what intimidation is? You know, if you open your mouth, Mark, I'll slit your throat at night. Absolutely. You know, that's sort of intimidating. I, I, I guess. I mean, you know, there's, there's this term blackmail that mm-hmm. uh, essentially means telling the, um, you know, uh, threatening to tell the truth. So blackmail has sort of an intimidation factor, you know, sound to it, too. Sure. But there was no threat involved here. They no. went out and just posted a bunch of signs around this guy's neighborhood. And Davis, uh, again, the, the PCP trafficker who's already behind bars, faces up to another 10 years in prison, while his friend Adiro Mirok faces up to three more years. Or, yes, uh, law enforcement authorities across U.S. who've complained loudly that the st- stop snitching movement has spread ac- around the country is preventing them from solving crimes. Who's a rat isn't helping, they complain. Such websites show a, quote, profound lack of respect for the legal system, complained J.P. Weiss, the head of the Philadelphia FBI office. The warped message on city streets, he says, is that it's somehow worse to provide information about a crime than it is to actually commit a crime. And he said, that's mind-boggling. Well, you see, the problem, Mr. Weiss, is that you don't seem to understand the difference between real crime and the man crimes, the man law crimes that you've created here. You cops just lump them all in together. You get the, you know, they have this sort of mentality of, well, if it's it's in the law, I must enforce it. That's my job. I'm just doing my job. Not my job to think about the law. I shouldn't have to spend one iota of my brain time thinking about whether or not these laws are right. The politicians have already done that for me, which is just amazing, considering well, that they tend to not like politicians. It, Cops it, tend to not like them, but they the, respect everything that they do, and they lump it all into the same category. In the police's defense, likely if they thought that way, um, you know, the way you're suggesting, then the next step, logical step, would be, you know, the reason they're hiring so many of these cops is to, um, you know, give out tickets and arrest people for drug crimes, because that's where the money is. Mm. I shouldn't be working here. So what you're asking somebody to do is come to a conclusion that they that the the job that they want to have because most people that are cops really want to be cops. Yeah. Um, the job that they wanted to have um, all their life or for a good portion of it now they shouldn't. Well, they what they should do is um, actually stand up for their beliefs. I'm not saying they should quit their job, but they should quit enforcing bad laws. And and there are so many bad laws that they already don't enforce. If you could somehow. Uh, get people in the public at large and the police officers to recognize that police time and public money is being wasted by trying to have them enforce these types of laws, these types of incidents, 
or drug laws, for example, and they could be much better spending their time doing something else, that would be terrific. Uh, For example, there are laws that say you can't chew gum in the tub, I believe in New Hampshire. You can't chew bubble gum or something in in a tub. Now, they don't enforce that law. They no. don't go in and check people's houses because it's not worth their time. The drug laws, unfortunately, bring money to the Money police. and drugs. Yes, exactly. The police and the politicians. And um, and if you could just get them to recognize that you know, you're wasting time and you're also corrupting a system which is there to allow us to do things in our own lives... Uh, that would be great. But and law enforcement against prohibition is doing a pretty good job of that. It's, I a, it's like a great them. group. I Leap recommend is great. If you've never been to their website, never heard of law enforcement against prohibition, go and check them out at leap.cc. That's their website, leap.cc. It's a group of former and some current law enforcement officers, DEA agents, uh, state state police, local cops, who've all come to the conclusion, the correct conclusion that the war on drugs is insane, they're just hurting people, they're not helping anybody by throwing them in jail cells over drugs, and that it's time to end it. And they're against... And costing us all a fortune in the process. There's that, too. But I think it's interesting that, you know, this J.P. Weiss, the head of the Philadelphia FBI FBI office, he's on to something. He says, websites like Who's a Rat show a profound lack of respect for the legal system. And he's right about that. And the reason why, and it's also just the tip of the iceberg, Sites like Who's a Rat are manifesting as a result of a tremendous disrespect for law enforcement and these bad laws. Well, because the legal system that he says deserves respect doesn't, doesn't deserve respect. Right, because of the way they treat people who have never harmed anybody else, because of the way they treat people who do drugs, who gamble, and who who solicit prostitutes or are prostitutes. You know, Those are a good group of people that are just regular people like you and I. They have jobs, they go out and they produce for the economy, and then they decide they want to engage in one of these behaviors that has been deemed illegal. And so inevitably, um, they're going to lose any sort of level of respect that they might have at one time had for the justice system because it's unjust. And this is, this is again, just the tip of the iceberg in that there's a whole lot more of this hatred for the police and this fear and this, uh, you know, this disrespect that they're talking about out there. It goes much deeper and much wider than one little website. Mm. Okay, that's much. That much is the case. Neither Weiss nor Meehan addressed why there is a profound lack of respect for the legal system or what role the drug war, much of it built around coercing people into becoming informants, has to do with the situation. Who's a rat? Spokesperson Chris Brown told the Philly Enquirer that the website posts public information submitted by others and is protected by the First Amendment. Brown said, "Quote: He can't believe that someone got indicted for hanging a flyer, and that sub- such publicity only makes the site that much more popular." And he's right about that. That much is true. Yeah. And I, I unfortunately, the last time I looked at Who's a Rat, they were charging for memberships. Yeah. I think that's unfortunate. Yes, that is the case. But I guess well, it, it really helps keep things more accurate because then you have to, you know, you have to put some money up up front in order to submit information. Mm-hmm. So maybe it makes it more legitimate. Maybe the people that are going to put money up are more likely to put in truthful information as opposed to somebody just posting a you know posting a picture of Mark Edge and saying he's a snitch. That, that that's like yeah. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. On the way, a man has leased a telephone for over fifty years. Why? I'm not sure. Mark will explain. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything. Take control. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our website we give away, and those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over a quarter of a million posts. That's a lot of posts. A lot of serious issues, a lot of fun stuff. You'll find everything in between, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. You can get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Carl in Quebec. You're on Free Talk Live. Carl, hello. How are you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Um, that Who's a Rat website. I think I, you know, I agree with those sites like that, like Cop Watch and Who's a Rat that keeps watching, like corrupt officials, corrupt police. Um, Absolutely. Snitches. Go ahead. I think they should have more of those sites. Maybe it would discourage people from lying or selling information for money in order to put people in prison for these uh, crimes that shouldn't you know, even be on the books. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, there should be an expansion, however, with the feds now prosecuting people who are utilizing the information from the Who's a Rat website, that may kind of scare people away from it. And it may scare some people away, but as the site's owner pointed out, it will also bring him more attention and bring more people to the website to uh, to input information. Because they're not prosecuting anyone for putting information into the Who's a Rat website, so you can still go there and look through their archives and look and see who the rats are in your area but um but th- so they're not prosecuting people for from using the site they're prosecuting people who have taken information from the site and posted it publicly so it's a very subtle distinction and maybe if they could get away with it they would try to raid the sites uh the, try to raid the site confiscate the user information and go after the users but that has yet to happen Carl thanks for the call we appreciate hearing from right. you let's go to Kenny in Montana listening on KGEZ hello Kenny Hey how's it going Great what's Good on sir, your mind Kenny. sir Good. Uh, yeah, I just I I enjoy listening to your show. I I uh, just wanted to share a, kind of a funny story about uh, getting pulled over the other day. Sure. Okay. In Podunk, Kalispell, Montana. Okay. Um, welcome to Montana. Don't forget to set your clocks back 15 years. Until up, up until <laughs> this year, it's been a good thing. But um, lately, I've noticed that you know this place, the whole state, really is just turning into uh, you know a, a a mini I don't know. It's just kind of a tourist uh, trap now. Eleven, eleven percent of our residents are non-residents, non-resident homeowners, and with that has come. What are um, they like? Snowbirds that go down to Florida every year? Yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, Arizona, California. We welcome them. I mean, it's they're, gotcha. they're, they're our economy. But with that has come um, a police force that you know is nothing like I've ever seen before around here. Are you a uh, lifetime resident? Yeah, 27 years. Okay. Uh, well, pretty much. I mean, the other day I got pulled over. I I, I passed somebody and I start started in a dotted. Um, by the time I ended up passing them, I was in a solid. Gotcha. I wasn't speeding the whole time. You know, I, I I've done that a million times. Uh, and I didn't, in fact, get pulled over after the fact. I I pulled into the gas station. I got coffee. I noticed the cop, uh, highway patrolman, was was circling my vehicle outside in the parking lot, and uh, mm. I I kind of wondered what was going on there. Anyway, I got back in my car, and five miles down the road, there was a roadblock. He pulled me over, 
He was in plain clothes. He said, it's kind of a stupid thing you did back there. Hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. The cop that was uh, circling your car in the gas station was then later yeah. down the road, so he had left yeah. before you left? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and he and set up the roadblock himself? Yeah. Um, anyway, he, he was in his plain clothes, and he said that uh, the reason he didn't pull me over at, you know, at, when I did it was that he was in his plain clothes, which didn't make sense <laughs> why he was pulling me over then. But Right. Um, very strange situation. Yeah, that's not yeah, logical. And he set strange. up a roadblock that he actually blocked the lane. Yeah, five miles down the down the road. That's um, very interesting too. You know, number, here you are taking. License. Well, I was going to say here you are taking a risk coming in, clipping the non dotted line anymore, and yet he blocks an entire lane of traffic. Three number fours, please. <laughs> he's ordering <laughs> at, a, uh, at a drive-through window. Sounds like he's getting a uh, a, a Big Mac meal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Can you tell them you're on the radio and they can just hang that and tell them to hold on just a moment here? So what? So what happened with this with this well, story? Well, he he got my phone number and I said, hey, I, I don't really think I did anything wrong because I was I was kind of oblivious to the law, you know. I I've done that a million times, like I said, and I, I never get pulled over for it. But uh, he said, yeah, in fact, it is illegal. I've got it on video. Um, I can prove it to you. Whatever. I said, okay, all right, whatever. Give me give him his give my gave him my phone number. Um, and I was expecting a ticket, and he he said, "Well, I'm really busy right now. Uh, I'm going to call you later. We'll meet up later, and what? I'll give you your what? ticket then." No, that's messed up. I was going to say you gave him his phone, your phone number, and I guess maybe he just wanted to get together with you. Yeah, for it sounded like he wanted a date or something like that. Did, did he call you back? I, you know, I don't know. I work for the Geek Squad. Uh, maybe he was wanting some free uh, computer support out uh, of it. I don't know what be. was going on, but that's he never really bizarre. Me. Yeah, it was weird. It was really weird. He so, never, he never but, called. He never called. You never got a ticket. You never got a citation. Anything like that? No, nothing like that. Unusual. Nothing That's at weird. All. So, Callus Bell has a Best Buy. Oh yeah. That's cool, man. Congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah, hey, thanks. keep us up to date, man. Let us know if anything happens with that, and we really appreciate hearing from you. Have a good night and enjoy your number fours. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. It's got four of them, man. That's right. Chicken McNuggets? What are those things? If you're ordering four number fours, there's a family involved. That's a lot to eat by yourself. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the story about the man who leased a phone for 50 years. Apparently, these uh, you know these, these stories show up uh, time to time, but it, this one's kind of funny. From Herman Maine, Lloyd Overlock. Never had much reason to think about his telephone. The 85-year-old Herman resident just paid his bills and knew the service was there if he needed it. But Overlock, who for five decades has been paying a monthly fee to lease his phone, <laughs> found out recently that the arrangement is a pricey, outmoded throwback to the days of uh, the telephone industry monopoly. Oh, yeah. I don't use it much. I just sit here and wait for it to ring, he said <laughs> Friday during a visit at the cozy home he built for himself and moved in in 1952. That's the same year he got his telephone, a dark, heavy, uh, excuse me, a heavy, dark gold contraption the size of a child's shoebox. With its solid-feeling finger dial. Finger dial. Yeah, 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 yeah. the pulse dial. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, it hung in his kitchen for all those years, until still, last week. Oh, still the same phone. Same I, that's phone. what I was curious about. You know, when I first sold the topic, I said it was the same phone, and I thought, no, 50 years, that phone's got to... Phone had to die in 50 years. He's been leasing more than one Some phone. Solid-state construction. But yeah, yeah that's a, that's I a have good one. quality phone. I have phone. one of those old AT&T phones, and right. if they break, you can get them fixed. When his niece, With Roberta, vacuum tubes. <laughs> his, his niece, Roberta York, was making one of her frequent visits uh, to, her, to his home and uh, 
Mini Locket. Um, her home was in Mini Locket. York said she peeked at the bill from AT&T lying on the uh, kitchen table. In this case, um, with most uh, area residents, she said her uncle's phone service is provided by Verizon. So she was curious. I said, Uncle, what is this? Well, that's for my telephone. That's when I realized he was still leasing his phone from <laughs> AT&T, she said. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. So he's got two bills, Verizon and an AT&T lease bill? Uh, yeah, I get that impression. So Weird. he's got coverage from he's Verizon. He's got an AT&T bill lying on the kitchen table. And so AT&T bizarre. must be for the phone. Yeah. She yeah. said, he got that phone in 1952. <laughs> he's been paying $4.24 a month for it Good every God. month. I can't imagine in 1952 they charged him $4.24 a month. But no, maybe, I can't imagine that, no. Right away, she said she picked up the gold receiver and dialed the customer service number on the bill to cancel the service. <laughs> the friendly operator on the other end attempted to dissuade her, offering her 20% discount um, of his uh, monthly rental fee and reminding York of the benefits of leasing. He is going to have to send that phone back in. She said that if something goes wrong with that phone, they'd have a new one there by the next business day. Yeah. She recalled, I was thinking to myself, if something goes wrong with that phone, I'll go to Walmart and get one the next day. <laughs> right. But I didn't say it, and she just told the representative, please cancel the lease. And then she drove to a local dollar discount store and bought Uncle Lloyd a new wall phone for $7. It plugged right into the old connection and worked like a charm. York said that it troubles her that elderly people like her uncle get taken advantage of. I don't know that that's taking advantage of. No, I don't of. think so either. He's just not paying attention. It was 1952 when he got this phone. Right, right. right and leasing phones was probably a little more commonplace back then. I mean, you know, if, if somebody's not taking care of their uncle... It would be her for not having checked on this sooner. There was no Walmart you could go to back then to go and buy a phone like that. The phones were much more scarce, as I understand it. And you had to probably get the phone from the phone company. Mm -hmm. It's probably the deal back then. AT&T used to have quite the government-approved monopoly. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Leasing phones, not a good idea. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. Ian Gard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on this site, they are totally free, so do enjoy those on us. And those features include the live streams, the Shrine of Female Listeners, the wiki. We give it all away. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by going and purchasing some products at store.freetalklive.com. Great Free Talk Live branded merchandise and even some merchandise that doesn't even have our brand on it just because we thought it was cool and wanted to sell it to you. Uh, head over to store.freetalklive.com take a look at the items and place your order that store.freetalklive.com talking about a practice that there's really no way to tell how widespread it is across this country talking about people leasing their landline telephones from uh, AT&T and, and other companies back in the 50s and 60s when AT&T had the monopoly on uh, the phone industry i think you pretty much had to lease your phone yeah you did probably the case yeah yeah, yeah um, and it's interesting when they did deregulation at the end of the 70s, um, the, the term deregulation, they couldn't understand. They, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, break up all the monopolies. They would apply the AT&T paradigm to other companies that were free market companies that weren't helped by government laws that prevented competition, that weren't that didn't have exclusionary laws helping them out. So they would say, well, you know, just like they broke up AT&T, they should break up uh, Exxon. They should break that up. They should do something like that, like they did to AT&T. Would they, like, what would they do, though? I mean, would they actually go through with it, or were they just talking about it? No, you, you would have conversations with people. I remember talking about this in high school, and I, and I knew about AT&T back in high school, and I would say, 
to some of my teachers, they would come up with these things where they say, well, the same thing that was done to AT&T ought to be done to X company. And the X company had no assistance from the government whatsoever, whether mm. it might have been, a, who knows, McDonald's, or who knows, Coca-Cola. I, so I they were using what they did to AT&T as precedent and as an excuse mm. to uh, to go through and harass other businesses. But, but AT&T, AT&T had a government-approved monopoly. Right, they, they have been did. given, um, basically given their monopoly, so it makes perfectly good sense to me that the government would break it up. Yep. You know, Gardner, you had a story uh, that you were telling us during the break. Yeah. I said, that's got to go on the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, I was silent a little while there because the experience that Mark was describing with that man and uh, how someone discovered that the man had been leasing for $5 for however many years, $5 a month for this phone, um, for 50 years uh, he had been leasing the phone. Who knows how much it had originally started to cost. Uh, my mom did that and I believe continues to do that. <laughs> And still leasing a phone. She not only was leasing one phone, Mark, she was leasing three phones in the Goldsmith estate. <laughs> and um, the the problem came to my attention when she would tell me she has a phone next to her bed. And I she she's a very light sleeper, and, and it would wake her up and drive her nuts. And when someone would call. Yeah, somebody would call. So... She she said, oh, she would take it off the hook sometimes. And I'm like, well, why? I would say, why do we have an answering machine if you're going to take the phone off the hook all the time? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Disconnect the phone. So she says, I can't. So I said, well, he, let me look. <laughs> so I look in the wall, and it's hardwired to the wall. It's not one of these little sockets where you can pull it out because right. it's so old. It was put in 1968. Goodness. So you can't, and, and I said, well, you know, let's take that apart. She goes, no, you can't do that. You can't touch it. Why well, I say, why? Because. You violate the only, contract. Exactly. You violate the contract. Only the repairman can come in and do that work. Right, that's their line, right? Yeah. And right. she didn't want to call to have the repairman come in because that would cost her money. And I said, <laughs> Mom, look. It's get been costing here. you. You're, you're spending $5 a month. It's been $5 right. a month for ages. You can go to Walmart and get a phone for $5. Yeah. So I think she's gotten one. She had to do some repairs somewhere along the line. She's gotten one one of them taken out, or two of them taken out. But there there is still at least one in our basement that's still being rented. It's one of those old banana phones from the Brady Bunch, you know? It, it's some. It's something, um, I, I think it has something to do with just complacency and familiarity with these people. Yeah. You know, that same phone has been there for a long time. They know if they pick it up, it's going to have a certain feel to it. It's going to look, you know, they know how to use the buttons on yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the they U.S. Wanna... Postal Service. It drives you up the wall, but you know, well, hey, it's been around and what am I going to do? It works. I, eh, well, sometimes, but you don't think about the other options. I will say people. about those phones that uh, you get at Walmart for $5. They sound like a phone you got for $5. That's true. But likely the phone that she has is built well and works well. It's not worth 5 bucks a month. I'll definitely agree. That's but for sure. I was know, just pointing out you could get one, you can get a single phone for the amount of money she's spending per month. Oh, right. yeah. And when it comes to older people, having worked in the retail business uh, for three and a half years, worked at the, the Big K down in Florida, mm-hmm. um, since I was in Sarasota, Florida, I had my share of oldster customers coming in. And, you know, these are 
there's there's two categories of old people as far as technology is concerned. There are those who are excited and open-minded about technology, and that's why the internet is the is quickly becoming the most popular hobby. I think it may either be or is like the number two most popular hobby amongst old people. Hmm. So there uh, there are a significant number of old people that are open-minded and excited about technology, and they want to experience it. They want to learn it. And then there are the other. There's the other ca- uh, category of old people that are the Luddites. You know, these are the people that technology is frightening to them, uh, that uh, technology is confusing to them. Yeah. Um, it's not that technology is confusing. It's very simple. Look, little kids can get technology. They can g- grasp it very easily. Mm. But there's a certain mindset of people in this country that are threatened. They feel threatened by technology. They don't want to learn new things. They've gotten they've gotten through their life just fine without having any series of tubes or internets, <laughs> and they're going to be fine till the day they die. I have no use for this email silliness. I will put a stamp on an envelope and I will send it to my daughter. And you know that sort of mentality. As long as somebody holds that opinion, they're certainly free to hold that opinion. Let their life sure. go accordingly. But when they get into a position where they can resist in a systematic, fundamental way through government any of this advancement, mm. that's bad. And that, that applies not only to new technological advances in pharmaceuticals. Oh, well, we've got to have the FDA approve this. Otherwise, it could be very dangerous to people. We yeah. can't. I, we, that, that other drug worked fine. What are you talking about? Right. Um, you know, it's I, I, I sound like Grandpa Simpson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they're against change. Yeah. They, they feel very comfy, and so those those phones, those leased phones, make them feel comfortable. They haven't had to think about their phone in the last forty or fifty years. And you and mentioned you mentioned the series of tubes. That's the thing. These guys, Ted Stevens, and all these guys down in Washington, he described the internet as a series of tubes, right. and he's in charge of regulating the internet. Right. They we don't, don't want to need those guys there. They, these people aren't interested in thinking. They are interested in living their you know, life in retirement in the state that they currently live in. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to have to create new connections uh, between their synapses. And uh, they're really sad people. And here's another quick story from Canton, Ohio. A widow rented a rotary dial telephone for 42 years, according to USA Today, paying what her family calculates as thousands of dollars for a now outdated phone. Esther Strogen, 82, from Canton, uh, first leased two black rotary phones, the kinds whose round dial is moved manually with your finger. I have to explain this for the, you know... 13-year-olds reading. Right, they've never uh, even heard it. In the 1960s, back then the technology was new and most people had to rent telephones as part of their basic phone service. It was pre-AT&T when the telephone business was monopolized by the company known as Ma Bell. Well, actually, Ma Bell had a monopoly agreement with the government, but that's another story. Bell was disbanded in 1983 and split into seven smaller companies and AT&T was given the right to handle long-distance and telephone leasing services. From 1985 to 1986, customers who leased telephones were given the option to continue leasing by them or opt out of their agreements. Until two months ago, Strogen was still paying AT&T to use the phones. Two phones. She was paying $29.10 every three months. So almost 10 bucks a month That's for my two phones. Story. The phone company says Strogen's granddaughters edited or ended the arrangement when they discovered the bills. I'm outraged. It made me so mad. It's ridiculous. If my own grandmother was doing it, how many other people are? And here are the numbers I was looking for, in fact. The number of customers leasing phones dropped from 40 million nationwide in the 80s. Uh, 80s, okay. To about 750,000 today. There are still that many people in America paying five bucks a month. 
for wow. this antiquated old technology phone sitting Man. in their living room. Monopolies are the way to go if you can get them, huh? Oh, 750,000 people times $5 per phone. That's a cool $3.7 million a month coming in. A month. In Beautiful. To AT&T. Sweet deal. But if that phone breaks, they'll have a new one out to you the, the next. next day. Well, uh, the representative from AT&T said, uh, we'll continue to lease sets as long as there's a demand for them. Benefits of leasing include free replacements and the option of switching to newer models, he said. Lucent said it uh, said records. Of course, they'll charge you for those newer models. That you've got to come get, get them wired in or whatever. Records That's show right. Strogen paid just under $2,000 to rent the two phones from 1985 until they were recently returned. Before 1985, rental costs were part of the, brace, uh, the basic phone service and not broken out. Do your uh, do your grandparents a favor if they are of the type that you know can't program their VCR. Check on their phones, check their phone bill, and see if you can save them a few bucks a month. That is, if you can convince them to get rid of their old phone. It's my old friend. I don't want my <laughs> phone to go away. Hour three's coming up. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, is freetalklive.com. Uh, let's roll into the email box here, Mark. Uh, you've got something about Hitler? Well, it sort of. It's, uh, let me, it's an email. Let me read it to you. It's uh, from Josh, Joshua, I should say. Like you, I used to mention Nazis, Hitler, and Jewish concentration camps in my arguments, um, in my arguments on the Internet. But someone pointed out to me that using Hitler as an example is the top way to lose a debate. I assume you already know this, but old habits are hard to break. However, I did like your Japanese, Japanese concentration camps, camps example and may use that in the future. Now, he's talking about on Saturday, um, I was asking, I think it was Ken, a caller, um, if, if his laws are so important that, uh, that, that you have to inform on your neighbors, would you inform on your neighbors if your neighbors were Jews and it was 1938 in Germany? Right, we were talking to one of those law and order guys that, you know, they try to take the position that the law is sacred. You must obey. Right. And I'm trying to make it clear to him, look, the law isn't sacred. Good laws, there's good laws and bad laws, and good right. people disobey bad laws. Um, and you know, there is this also this uh, coexisting phenomenon that basically uh, the the idea is that any conversation uh, on the internet, any argument on the internet, will at some point deteriorate into discussing Hitler. Now, I didn't in my in mentioning this mention Hitler at all. I just mentioned mentioned Nazi Germany. Right. But, there's um, some there's some rule, and I forget what it's called. Right. It's called uh, you know Hirtoff's rule or something. Yeah, like something that. like some, that. Yeah. Some name. Somebody's name. And, it, you know, it's very clever. It, it's likely true some of the time. I don't know that – and then there's an extrapolation beyond that that if um, – that is not included in the rule that uh, – the rule is just sort of, uh, you know, tongue-in-cheek that, you know, all these arguments on the Internet at some point or another are going to um, discuss Hitler. That doesn't mean that if you're the first one to bring up Hitler that you necessarily lose. But if you do bring up Hitler and 
you don't it's have Godwin's a Godwin's Law, by the way. An Godwin. online discussion grows longer. As an online discussion grows longer, the probability of a comparison involving Nazis or Hitler approaches uh, approaches one. <laughs> That's amazing. And then Which I is think good, the, good stuff. That's, That's funny. That's great. Right. It says here that uh, there's a tradition in many news groups and other internet discussion forums, this is Wikipedia, that mm-hmm. once such a comparison is made, the thread is finished, and whoever mentioned the Nazis has automatically lost whatever debate was in progress. The principle is itself frequently referred to as Godwin's Law. It is considered poor form to raise arbitrarily such a comparison with the motive of ending a thread. There is a widely recognized codicil that any such ulterior motive invocation of Godwin's Law will be unsuccessful. It does not apply to discussions directly addressing genocide propaganda or other mainstays of the Nazi regime. Right, and that's really the thing. Is I was discussing um, in, in being an informant, right. and, you know, that's sort of what the Nazis were all about, informing on your uh, your neighbors and that kind of thing. I mean, t- to me, that's what we're talking about. So, um, I don't know. I mean, it... Right. If somebody is so intellectually uh, clueless as to dismiss one's argument because they've invoked Hitler, then let them just be how they want to be. Right. They, they, you can't persuade someone like that. I guess you could invoke Stalin and right. the Cheka. And, and that's actually, I, I did respond to, uh, to uh, Joshua um, personally before I, I, I called that. As I said, um, I don't know on this one, jo- Joshua, when I'm making examples of fascism and totalitarianism totalitarianism. Hitler is the penultimate of this. Right. More people are familiar with what Hitler did than, say, Mussolini right. or something. He said, I, I would agree that using Hitler as an example of anything else is ludicrous, but if I'm making examples of totalitarianism and use Mussolini or Stalin instead, what have I accomplished? And really, that's the question. If I use um, examples from Mussolini's Italy or Stalin's Russia, then I likely will have to explain to the person what I'm talking about. Mm. Um why? Why? When you've got you know Nazi Germany, people sort of uh, you know they understand it. What's wrong with learning from that? What's mm. wrong? What's mm. wrong with referencing it? Uh, it's just it's just intellectual sloth to say that. Oh, you brought up Hitler. I'm not listening ding, anymore. Ding. Yeah, matches Sorry, over. I win. Yeah. So, so anyway, go. yeah. I mean, I just wanted to bring it up. Eight hundred. We're not going to stop. Two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can take control of the airwaves. Let's go to Bill in Atlanta. You're on Free Talk Live, Bill. Hello, Bill. Bill. Hello. Hey. Hey, Bill. You're on the air. What's on your mind? Bill going oh, once. I'll talk about Michael Vick. Yes, sir. Uh, what do you think about dogfighting? Well, uh, this is the uh, football player that has been indicted. Is that, they're federal charges, I believe, right? The... Uh, in, in this case, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely, indeed. Right. Uh, I think it's an awful, uh, an awful thing to do. However, I don't think that anybody should be put in jail for it. If people uh, want to consensually engage in such an activity, I think they should be ostracized by society. I think they should be outed. I think they should be identified, and then uh, let let individuals decide how to handle that situation. You know, let him be fired from the NFL. Uh, he's a football player, correct? Absolutely, uh, Atlanta. Let him let him be fired from the NFL. Let his family or his uh, his friends that weren't aware of this particular behavior on his part, if it indeed is true, I don't know. That's if the NFL feels like firing him. If they feel like Michael Vick is uh, too valuable of a player, then they can keep him on. But then, but they might they, lose ticket sales. Absolutely. Sure. Then people who don't like uh, dogfighting may not go to games that Michael Vick plays in, right. or may sh- not um, go to NFL games at all. I'm pretty sure most people don't like dogfighting. And uh, Bill, what did you think about that? Bill? I 
I don't know. I just think dogs, they don't have souls. They're like female. Thanks for the call, Bill. Oh, shit. <laughs> 800-259-9231. I don't know if I, if I, if I agree with that. Well, it's, uh, he's not going to go very far in, um, in life uh, thinking that women yeah, don't have souls. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're going to get plenty of action when you say that in a bar next to a group. I will. I, 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 I However, agree that I have met some that don't. Right. I would venture the guess, to guess that Bill has never actually touched a female. <laughs> but it does introduce... Not with her permission. The question does introduce an interesting uh, ethical dilemma, which is uh, something I experienced on a date once. Um, I, was, uh, I, was, I went out with a girl on a uh, sort of like a blind date thing, and she was a vegan. And I said, well, you know, that's very interesting. I respect that a lot. You don't want to bring harm to a, another you know, living biological uh, entity like an animal. Uh, you will bring harm to uh, vegetables and things. Right. Well, you, know, you don't think that they you know, feel the harm, whatever, but a sentient-seeming l- creature. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, I said, you know, I am a libertarian. I don't want to bring harm to my fellow man. I ask that he do the same for me. Um, and... I don't like to bring harm to animals, but when I don't see it happening, mm-hmm. or they've been raised for that purpose, I don't seem to have a problem with it. You know, I over—I'm blind. I blind myself to that. And uh, with this guy Vic, you know, he's sort of bringing this up. If they're going to have dogs attacking each other and they're training them for this vicious, awful behavior. Um, how do people feel about slaughtering cattle or, or other things? Is it the degree of intelligence of the animal? Is mm. it how we see them in our culture that we don't eat dogs here? I, it's a it's a strange sort of thing to think about. But whether it comes down to it or not, why should we have laws prohibiting this? Well, if you're in if you're interested in the state, then if you have small areas, you can decide for yourself if you want it in your area. Um, I prefer to have market oriented societies. Sure. And they could decide for themselves. That's the way it should be. In fact, wasn't it uh, New Mexico that was up until recently the the last state to to not outlaw uh, cockfighting? I I don't know. There um, was one of the was one state. It was either them or Louisiana, one or the other. And they everything been okay so far. Like they they just outlawed it for the sake of outlawing it, for the sake of being the final state to uh, to outlaw it. I don't know. It, again, these are awful things to do. Who would really do these things? You have to be kind of a sicko, I think, to do this. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I want to pay $40,000 a year to put this person in prison, nor is there anyone that really can be restituted. I mean, yeah. restitution is normally something that we as libertarians would say, well, Mark, you might say, well, you shouldn't have to pay $40,000 a year. That person should pay back the victims. What do you do? Buy a doggy treat for the, the victims? Hey. These dogs have been, um, their minds have been warped by hey. being starved and beaten. And we've got the reciprocal happen all the time. You've got all these pro-animal activists out there who think nothing of restricting their neighbor's ability to be able to live his life peacefully in all sorts of ways, taxation, regulation, and things like that. Um, they, they obviously feel it's so important to save the animals, but they don't feel it's so important to leave their neighbor alone when it comes to buying a certain type of gasoline or going to a certain type of restaurant mm-hmm. or, or doing anything in business that uh, might bring some uh, indirect tertiary um, either benefit or uh, danger to something else. You know, save the save the trees, kill a baby. I don't know. <laughs> 800-259-9231 is the toll-free SACL CAI line. How would you handle the dogfighting situation? If you were in a more free market situation, what would be some of the things you could do to ostracize somebody or to punish them without necessarily initiating force on them? Got any ideas? This is Free Talk Live. This is 
Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. The features on the site we give away, including the Shrine of Female listeners. Dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo, and that proves they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one in three chance you'll be named a lawsuit in the next year. That lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless. At KeepYourAssets.net, they are experts in sheltering what you have earned. Go to KeepYourAssets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's KeepYourAssets.net. 800-259-9231. Let's go to the phones. To the fun, Chuck in Nevada on the amplifier line. Hello, Chuck. Hey, hey. What's on your mind? I got to say this real quick um, about that guy's phone. I don't know if it's if it's amazing that that technology still works or if it's sad that it still works. You're talking about from last hour. We were talking about an old old man who has had the same phone in his house for over 50 years, and he's been leasing it on a monthly basis for about five bucks a month. And we still have the same technology. Yeah, that's yep. kind of sad. You're it's right working. about that. Um, so about the uh, immigration, I wanted to call and talk about um, during the Homestead Act, they used to sing a song, and I thought there's a little caption I just wanted to read real quick. The Homestead what Act? What is the Homestead Act? Uh, a long time ago, could. the old Homestead Act, when the United States government said, we own all the land and we'll, you know, apportion it out. Yeah, it was uh, it was very interesting the way the Homestead Act uh, acted out there because it actually caused degradation of the environment in some areas. They didn't allow people to be able to get enough land to be able to uh, start their ranches up properly. They would only homestead them a certain number of acres, and they were they were too small parcels, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So what what is this now? They sang who sang a song exactly? Um, it, it just says it was sang after uh, or during that time of the Homestead Act, and I just the idea behind it was a little bit of deals with immigration, and I just thought it was interesting. Okay. Uh, Come along, come along, make no delay. Come from every nation, come from every way. Our lands, they are broad enough, have no alarm, for Uncle Sam is rich enough to give us all a farm. (laughs) Well, it certainly ties into government, but nonetheless, it's certainly a more positive attitude towards immigration than what we're seeing today. Yeah, so I just thought that was interesting. You know, they were saying, hey, everybody come here. We we have enough for you. We, you know, we want more people to come and, and to be free in this land and, you know, do all, this, yeah. all these great things. If only people still thought that way. Thank you for the call, Chuck. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231, because that's the correct mentality. Well, uh, it's, it's, come here and make a better life for Some people still think that way, and no one in the United States has ever thought the same way about anything. That's true. So um, there have always been haters. There have always been uh, bigots. There have always been people that uh, that think that the pl- the club should be closed. We've had enough. Okay, I immigrated here, and now it's time to close the doors. And after scholars have discussed this over and over again, ranging from Thomas Sowell, who has so many books on immigration and how generation after generation people become included and they they bring themselves into the community, even while bringing their own qualities to that culture and retaining some of their old cultural qualities, uh, people don't listen. They're afraid of these other types of qualities and these other types of cultures. That's part of it. They're afraid of the workers. Uh, They're afraid of competition. That's a big factor. A huge factor, and I think that underlies a great deal of this so-called security thing for the border. The security thing is so bogus. 
It's such a red sure. herring that they're saying, oh, we have to do something to secure the borders. We've got to stop potential terrorists from coming over. Thousands of people a day are coming over. They're going to find a different way in, sure first of all. And second of all, that's not the real reason why people are trying to stop the immigrants. What it comes down to is what I mentioned to you guys during, during the break, an email that I got from somebody showing some guy who was in South Carolina who's uh, building houses and goes and protests in some neighborhood because – in that neighborhood, the guy is using illegal immigrant laborers, and Thank he gets goodness. arrested. Build my house cheaper. Yeah. It, you know, with the money that those people have left over, they can do other things with it. Are you going to force your neighbor to have to spend more? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, tie one leg up when you go to mow your lawn. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then you can hire me and pay me to do it. That's essentially what they're doing. The anti-competitive uh, mentality of some of these people is really just disgusting. And these are supposed to be – usually the people that are anti-immigration would also consider themselves conservatives in many cases. And I thought they were all about competition. I thought they understood that competition uh, it brings benefits to society and the uh, the economy and the marketplace. Well, the people that um, – they've been given righteousness by this whole illegal status to um, immigrants – that they've, it's given righteousness to their arguments. So, um, and and I completely understand. There's a lot messed up with our immigration policy, giving uh, welfare and um, you know all kinds of social welfare programs to people that manage to sneak across the border. Um, you know, forcing us to pay to educate their children, forcing uh, hospitals to pay for their traumatic uh, care, any kind of care that they go to the, ho- the the emergency room for. That's not fair. Yeah. But at the same time, um, we should just make it so that people can come here and live free. That's how it ought I mean, to be. That, that's how it has been, and yeah. and it made a great country. Martin, you, you, I was going to say, you remember uh, when we had uh, Porkfest, when I was up there and I, I did that thing on immigration up at Porkfest, and there were mm-hmm. a number of guys, good guys, you know, they're, they're good guys. Self-described and, libertarians. Yep, self-described libertarians, and they kept falling into this intellectual trap of, well, what about the welfare system? They're bleeding us. And I said, well, then... Argue against the welfare system. Don't right. argue against the people who are taking advantage of That's it. That's a symptom of the welfare exactly. system. Exactly. You're, you're damaging yourself. And, and are you going to fall into the morass of challenging whether or not these people are on the, on the whole a net gain or a net loss by saying, well, they take X amount in welfare, they take Y amount in schooling, they take Z amount in medical care, but they add... Uh, a amount in taxes, in, uh, in income taxes, Social Security. Right. I mean, Why try to the calculate time? that. Why? Yeah. Exactly. Argue against the welfare system that mixes these people into it. Let's go to the phones, to the fun. Fred in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Fred. Hello, John. Hey, what's hey. on your mind, sir? Uh, immigration. Okay. I said this this morning, I said this many times on a local talk show here. The United States, in my opinion, this is for the guy in Nevada, the United States was, the, in my opinion, the experiment for the New World Order. How so? The what only mean? country where all the tribes... You know, I asked the question this morning, what is a nation? What is a country? Most countries of the world are tribes. And the United States was the, was the first country that allowed all the tribes to come to this country, and we all live in pretty much harmony under our Constitution. Like, you can't go to Japan and become Japanese. You can't go to France and become a Frenchman. You can go live there, but you can't become part of the tribe. Okay. Because it's a nationality, you know what I mean? Pretty much. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you look back in history, just Anglo-Saxon, the hyphen, mm-hmm. you know? It's I mean, mostly I, I don't true what he's parts. saying. I know what you're saying, yeah. And so are you saying this is 
this is some sort of sinister thing or a good thing? No, no. I think back when this country was founded, you know, they wanted to prove that all the countries of the world could live together, and they have in this country. Well, you, know, no. you can live next to a Jew, and you know, you can live next to a German, an Irishman, you know. But again, we all it, live in the same neighborhood. I, what, but you mentioned the New World Order, which usually has sinister connotations. No, I, didn't I don't. New World. You did. No, uh, I heard, you I heard, mentioned the no, we New World Order, order sir. Yeah, no, I heard you mention that, Fred. You brought it we up first in your first in sentence. Hang on a second, Fred. We'll bring it back. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We all heard it. So if he wants to issue a clarification, a point of clarification, certainly want to hear what that would be. Uh, 800-259-9231. Otherwise, I agree. Yeah. I mean, people have been getting along. Freedom allows that to happen. If you're free to live your life how you want, they're free to live their life how they want. Or at least, in theory, that's how it should be. It doesn't work that way. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's a SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got archives and entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. And you should know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. As we go back to Fred in Montana, Fred, who uh, called in about immigration and suggested that the uh, at the beginning of your call, we all heard you do it, Fred. You suggested. I, you're right. I did say it. Okay. Right. We were the, I said we were the uh, experiment for the New World Order. What does that mean? And what did, why did you say that? And then why did because you Because all the, all the nations of the world and all the tribes of the world came here and lived in harmony. Okay. Well, that proven so... that it could be. You, know, you could take all these people and put it with our Constitution now. One more point. I get a newsletter. From Hillsdale College in Michigan. It's the only in university Primus. in the United States that takes no tax dollars whatsoever. Right. In Primus. My brother went there. they have a there. newsletter called The Imprimus. Yeah. Well, about four months ago, um, this Russian economist, a top economist in Russia under four presidents, uh, he wrote a newsletter talking about freedom versus non-freedom. In fact, that's the name of the newsletter, Freedom versus Non-Freedom. He talks about his constitution because Russia has a constitution also. But their constitution doesn't call for limited government. Our constitution does call for limited government. But he says every he says free countries do not fight each other. It's the non-free countries that fight each other. That's a good point. And he it's really a good. You should pull up this article and read it. As all you have to do is go to HillsdaleCollege.com. I think that's what it is, and then pull up the imprimis. And then put a put freedom versus non freedom. Yeah, pull up that. that yeah, I read the same. Newsletter. I read the article in, in Imprimis. Thank, oh, thank did you. Did you read it? Thank yes. you for the recommendation, Fred. Mark, did you have a point you wanted to make to Fred? Oh, I just, I just, uh, I think it's a jump in logic to because the quote unquote experiment is working here in America. Maybe, maybe it's the freedom that drew people yeah, right. from different I said lands here. Our constitution. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, then, Fred. And our constitution um, does give us the freedom to, you know, it limits government, but it doesn't limit us. That's right. the way it was supposed to be, right? And it's important to point out that, and get to language correct, the Constitution doesn't give you freedoms. The Constitution enshrines your freedoms, and it's supposed to protect you from the government uh, running roughshod over them. Frank, uh, Fred, thank and, you for the call. And Fred, Have a good day, John. You bet. Uh, Fred, I don't know whether you would agree with this or not, but um, 
making comparisons to the New World Order I don't think is precisely apt because in most cases the idea of the New World Order is one large super government over the entire world. And unfortunately, the larger the area of control, the worse it's going to be for liberty, the worse it's going to be for economic progress. The smaller the areas of control, if they were to have some sort of so-called new world order Mm -hmm. that allowed for small areas of control the way our Constitution originally allowed, then you would have a pretty decent system, and you would have some basic fundamental rights that would be protected. But the larger it gets, the more cultures you try to get included in it, the, the, the differences in those cultures, how they haven't been exposed to liberty how they have certain entrenched interests, it gets more and more difficult as well, it goes. Well, I don't goes. think there's anything wrong with mixing cultures, with having people of different cultures right. living in close I don't proximity. Think, I don't think so either. What's wrong is having a government around with power for people exactly, to get a hold of. So precisely. It's not necessarily a cultural issue. It's what it's always been, and that has been those in search of power versus those who just want to live their own lives. You said it perfectly. I mean, this is like yep. the in- eternal struggle, right? Yeah, it's yeah. The, the struggle against those who seek to control others versus those who who do not want to be controlled. Yeah, I don't think you could ever really have a one-world government per se. You would have to have multiple governments, if you're in favor of governments, that are small, that are tied through trade. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, they've successfully gone through with this European Union. Uh, They are working, allegedly, on the North American Union. But the European Union was originally started, and and if there's a a really uh, erudite man named uh, Nigel uh, Ashford, Dr. Nigel Ashford, uh, who is with uh, the Institute for Humane Studies now, he was one of the original guys to help convince uh, Thatcher to go with the New World, I mean, the uh, European Union. And... He now says, look, the original concept of that, as it was designed in Rome, was a good one. He said it, it brought down trade barriers and it just made it a free trade zone, but... Didn't work out that way, though. They didn't have it written the way they wrote their, their bylaws and so on. It well, just because people in search ruined. of power wrote exactly. that. Exactly. And right. they, they and now have it as a regulatory agency. They're trying to stop uh, Ireland from having its low taxes because it's being non-competitive. In other words, it's competing too much. Right. It's 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 beating beating right. the rest of them up because right. it doesn't have all those uh, the taxes aren't included in the price of its goods. Yeah. Having having yeah. bigger and bigger governments and set more centralized power like these like the European Union or the North American Union or the you know the world government. If we get all these different unions together, then people of course are theorizing that they will all join together in this one world government. Um, it's an Seems attractive like a reasonable prop- thing. It's an attractive mm-hmm. proposition to those who are in search of power, not necessarily because they think. That they'll be able to make it to the top, but because it gives them somewhere to point the blame. It gives them somewhere to pass the buck to. Yeah. So the people that uh, you know want to rule your life will simply say, well, I'm sorry, I'm just following the new world order. And you know, or I'm Ian, just following the new European Union. Or I'm just following the new American... Na- I, I can't make it... A- Look, I'm just doing my job, okay? Now yeah. pay up. Yeah, And you know, I have to say, based on, on examples through history, even the example on North, the, the North American continent with the United States plural of America... Uh, I think most of these cases, we could say, some people would say, well, the United States was a great success. No, it wasn't. The experiment seems to have been a success for a temporary period, but 
the jury is still out. We're watching this, and it's not too successful right no. now. The House of Cards is uh, is going to fall one right. of these days. Right. I mean, you could argue it is in the process of falling right now. I think in most cases, or perhaps all cases, uh, that's why I would argue for laissez-faire society rather than government. When you m- even make a mechanism, as we discussed last week, with a constitution that is supposed to protect against the growth of government, it will be corrupted. I like what somebody said. I don't know who it was. Somebody called in recently to point out that they thought that if Ron Paul didn't win the 2008 election, that this country is – there's no turning back as far as – I think that was Gene the Christian Anarchist. We're going down this road to totalitarianism to this – we already have a huge invasive state in this country, and it's just getting worse. Each administration, whether they be Democrat or Republican, continues to increase the size of government. Uh, they, they love the idea of more control over your life. And people are talking about how, you know, we're right at the end of days as far as, you know, a lot of similar things going on here in this country as went on in in uh, in Russia, in uh, in Nazi Germany. And how long can it keep how long can they keep it up for? How long can they keep the scam going? Um, What's going to happen? Because in in Russia, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union, no one predicted that. No one predicted the Berlin Wall was going to come down. Even with a supposedly free press. Information doesn't come out. You look at some of the things regarding the Patriot Act, some of the some of the arrests that have been made of individuals. The just the coverage that you get of the uh, the um, uh, the detainee, the Military Commissions Act last year. Uh, it, it takes extra research to go look into that. Luckily, we have it uh, available at our fingertips with the internet now. That's I think one of the reasons why yeah. we're going to see change. I, I certainly hope so. But it bothers me that, and as you guys know, I I was going through Meet the Press over and over and over today, and I'm watching these people. I, I, I just All I can say is just they are bores. They are just huge stuffed shirt bores operating in, a, in, a, in, a, in an old, very forgetful paradigm of personality, personality, what will he do for us, presidential politics. And I'm, I'm watching this thing. Nobody's getting to any substance of anything. On these on these programs, right? It's just I, I, amazing. I to do me. wonder um, because I I think it was uh, I was listening to Glenn Beck today, and and he really summed up Barack Obama, which is I'm about change. I'm going to do something good. It's going to be really great. I'm not telling you what it is. I'm not summing any of it up. <laughs> but it's good. It's new. It's kind of jazzy. Change. Yeah, well, you know, reform. It's funny you should mention that, Mark. I remember one time I talked to the uh, woman who was the second in command for the Democrat Party in New Hampshire. And I had just done a 10-minute segment about how Barack Obama was the same old Democrat. He just used different terminology. Mm -hmm. And I asked her in the next segment, so tell me, where is he different? And she says, well, he's in favor of... And she went through it. Well, and she finally admitted, you know, I guess he isn't that different. He's young and black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. People are getting tired of the government. They've been tired of the government, but as they continue to get more intrusive, hopefully people will get more fed up and willing to stand up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features are for free. Though we do ask you voluntarily support the show by shopping with us at Amazon.freetalklive.com. See, when you enter Amazon through that link, 
then Free Talk Live gets a percentage of virtually anything that you purchase, whether it's a brand new item or one of their used items uh, in 41 categories of products. It's an incredible selection, an incredible website, uh, just a great retailer all around, and we get a percentage. So do your shopping there, amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's roll into the phone calls talk to Dennis in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dennis, hello. Howdy, folks. Hey, what's hey up, Dennis. Hey, first and foremost, I have to call you guys to task. It was actually Ann Rand, and I hate to pronounce her first name the weird way, uh, among others who did predict the fall of the Soviet Union. Certainly, I saw a videotape of, I think it would have been the early 80s, and she was just staring straight blank into the camera saying, I don't know when it will fall, but it has to fall. Oh, well, it's so, inevitable you can predict the, the failure of communism. It's just no one could predict exactly when, as she admitted. Okay. Yeah, mm. the, the exact date. Yeah, that was good. Anyways, mm. classic video games, which you guys were talking about with Gene, the Christian anarchist earlier, instead of all this government stuff, Nazis, whatever, the cool stuff, right? The pop culture stuff. Mm. Classic video games. Uh huh. There is a event. What they what they do these days with these classic video games is have these big conventions. Mm-hmm. And there's a major, huge one coming up in two weeks in California. Is that right? What do they do exactly? They pretty much get all of the people who are really big fans of these games to the point where they collect them at home, have them all converge on one spot and put their games together to make a giant virtual arcade. Oh, that's neat. And then charge people for like a free play, you know, like within the games for, say, two days. That's, that's fun. Cool. And so you get to hang out with a bunch of game geeks. Indeed. In fact, you can even meet like the guys who wrote the games. Which oh, yeah. So hyper cool. Like the guy who did Battlezone. I touched that guy. <laughs> and what is Battlezone? Oh man, someone educate Mark. Is that is that is that the tank one where the it's a uh, tank? Yeah, yeah. Tank. it's just yeah. lines. Yeah, yes. one that the military was indeed interested in. He told that little story, anyways. So those things are going on. But on that same segment in that same show back on Friday, you guys also talked about industries where, like you, you guys mentioned, the restaurant industry, the radio industry. You said in these industries, you know, you mean where a lot oh, of there are a lot of pot smokers. Pardon? You mean where there are a lot of people that smoke pot that work in those industries? Is he referring yeah, to? Yeah, no. If you go to California to like an 80s game convention, some of the geeks that hang out there, I'd say they fall into that category. I'd say there's a large amount of people. Well, there's just a large amount of people in general. I was just picking out those particular industries. I just happened to have had experience uh, within them, so I, I happened to, to be able to testify personally to that. Uh, but Dennis, any other thoughts? Nope. Thanks for the call, man. Right, appreciate Dennis. hearing from you. And uh, t- to anyone going out to that convention, have fun. That sounds like a good time. Sounds like a blast. If yeah. you're really into video games, that's like meeting, you know, that, for, that's like the Star Trek conventions for, uh, for, for video game geeks. You get to meet the guy that programmed Pong or something like that. But I certainly hope they have labels on those video games that have been put on by the government because the, you know, capitalist system can't handle that properly. You know, that could it's be a dangerous. problem. They, that was pre-ratings, Gardner. Right. They don't have ratings for, uh, for those stuff. old games. Get could kids be. trying to get into tanks. Right, stuff. it influences it's them. It's gonna make it them violent. Them. Oh, that's terrible. Hey, which by the way reminds me that um, today Danny Ladone from uh, playing uh, the Columbine Massacre game, Super Columbine Massacre RPG. Uh, he's a listener of the show, and he's the guy that made that game, which made international headlines when it uh, after it was released. He is putting together a documentary called Playing Columbine, 
and the trailer is available at playingcolumbine.com. And if you watch the trailer, you'll see Mark and myself. Mm. And Mark actually made it, as far as what you were saying, Mark, made it into the trailer. I'm sitting next to you and nodding. Yes. Um, but, uh, but I was very pleased with that, Mark. As it should I, be. I was wondering if we would make it into the trailer, and, uh, and we did. So go and watch his trailer. It looks like it's going to be quite a, uh, a good documentary, and I'm sure we're going to have him on the show to talk about it once he finishes editing it, which he's in the process of doing right now. So... Probably he hasn't said anything to me, but I know how long and and difficult editing can be. But seeing that he already has a rough cut of the film put together, from what I understand, maybe we'll have it out by the end of the year, or he'll have it out by the end of the year, which is exciting. So, uh, Gardner, you came in tonight with some audio clips that you said you spent hours getting Uh, for me, so I feel obligated to play them. What is going on? Uh, When should you you cue me and I'll play whatever you need? This isn't this Radio Birdman band you're always talking about, (laughs) is it right? No, no, no. It's not 455 SD. But uh, now this is about our buddy, our pal, the Attorney General of the United States, and soon to be the former Attorney General of the United States, Alberto Gonzalez who was White House counsel when John Ashcroft was the uh, Attorney General of the United States, who was the guy who went and lobbied Congress not to declare war so that they could keep people as enemy combatants rather than prisoners of war and smudge all over the uh, Fourth Amendment and not prosecute these guys as terrorists. So Screw uh, habeas corpus. He's that exactly. Guy. What's going on now has to do with the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act from 1978, and the so-called... International foreign wiretapping, which is really domestic wiretapping, because in many cases there is an American on the other end of the phone. Right. And so, as I have discussed with numerous people, when they originally found out about this, thanks to the New York Times, all the conservatives were ripped at the New York Times. Well... Just they were calling for the uh, impeachment, or like, exactly. not the impeachment, but the editor being brought up on charges. Exactly. That, you know, because we're at war. How dare you give this away? So what happened was... Uh, other people said, well, how could you be doing this on Americans? That's a bridging of their Fourth Amendment rights. So Gonzalez came out early on uh, back last year, and he had said, well, uh, what happened here was um, uh, the, the president, uh, we have the power to do this under FISA. Well, if you read FISA, the 1978 law, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, they don't have the power to surveil Americans. They have the power to surveil foreigners. <laughs> it's pretty simple. That's why it's the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Okay. So then he said, well, the president, when they, uh, when they uh, gave him the power to use the military, was given broad discretion. Congress said, and Chuck Schumer even said, uh, no, we didn't do that. And no, it wasn't Chuck Schumer. It was... Um, um, I can't matter. remember. Yeah. So anyway, interchangeable um, politician. Yes. yes. Uh, he was from South Dakota, but he's not there anymore. So anyway, uh, so what they then said was, well, um, we weren't really doing that to to Americans. Well, since that time, there has been another issue that's come up, which is the departure, the firing of a number of federal prosecutors. Yeah, we've heard about that. Right. right. Supposedly they were Democrats or yeah, they, they were somehow politically. Yeah, they didn't support the Bush politically, the Bush agenda politically. And, that was the and so idea. On. Right. And, and I knew, and a lot of other people knew over, I posted at the Liberty Conspiracy, a lot of the people at the Liberty Conspiracy knew. I got emails from folks saying, well, this is about... The FISA stuff. These guys were opposed to the surveillance, and that's so where they were booted. The attorneys were opposed to surveilling Americans, right. and they right. were politically fired. Exactly. They spoke out about it, or they, they didn't like it. So here's the deal. Just recently, they started these hearings in the Senate with Gonzalez having to testify, and they're asking him, did you have any conversations about what was going on with these 
prosecutors. Did you talk to anybody about this? You know, with um, John Ashcroft and things like that. Now, here is Chuck Schumer. Ashcroft had been in the hospital. Gonzalez, as White House counsel, had gone in to talk to him. And Gonzalez had claimed that they never spoke about FISA as an issue. That there was no problem with this. That was not why they fired these people. Gonzalez could be up for perjury. Listen to this exchange between Schumer and Gonzalez, how Gonzalez won't answer him. Did the president ask you to go? We were there on behalf of the President of the United States. I didn't ask you that. Did I the understand. President ask you to go? Senator, we were there on behalf of the President of the United States. Why can't you answer that question? That's the answer that I can give you, to, Senator. <laughs> well, can you explain to me why you can't answer it directly? Senator, again, we were there on, a, on an important program for this President on behalf of the President of the United States. Okay. Wow, that was useful. Now, the next segment is him claiming that it has nothing to do, the conversation they had with Ashcroft had nothing to do with this FISA debate. Here you go. The disagreement that occurred and the reason for the visit to the hospital center was, was about other intelligence activities. It was not about the terrorist surveillance program that the president asked the American people. Okay, now did you hear that? that, that first of all, he's being deceptive about two things. First, that... It wasn't about FISA, because in the next segment, you'll hear someone contradicting him, contradicting him. But he's also, he sneaks in a second lie that the president announced to the American people. Uh, hello, anybody remember how ticked off people were at the New York Times? Mm-hmm. It wasn't the president who announced it to the American people in his great generosity. He was caught red-handed. He was caught, and then they came out, and they were upset, as we just discussed, at the New York Times. Now, here's Robert Mueller, FBI director, contradicting what Gonzalez said in front of the Senate. And if Gonzalez doesn't come out and change his testimony, he could be gone very soon. The discussion was on a national... Uh, a uh, NSA program that has been much discussed, yes. Now, that was a confirmation after much probing of Mueller. He finally confirmed, yes, it was about FISA. Completely contradicting what Gonzalez said. And so, I mean, this is interesting, Guard, but, I mean, who was worse, Gonzalez or the guy before him? I mean, and go. is he going to be any better than the next guy they put in? Was that Ashcroft? Adolf? Yeah, Ashcroft. Adolf. 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 I mean, this, Ashcroft. This whole surveillance thing. They're all a bunch of... Scumbag. You guys were on it. We were on it. Fourth Amendment being destroyed. See you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.